All right, good afternoon, everybody. Thanks so much for making it this afternoon to the second service of uh, Sure Foundation Baptist Hawaii. Hope you guys had a good weekend, and I hope you continue to have a better week throughout the week, and that something here can help edify us uh, this afternoon. So I'm gonna, where I derive the title of this message this afternoon is found in verse four, but before I explain to you the title of this message, I do wanna explain this really quick. Here at Sure Foundation Baptist, you know, we're known as hard preachers, right? We preach hard against sin. And the Bible truly, if you look at it as a whole, has a lot of hard sayings to be understood. And the world looks at us and Sure Foundation and true biblical churches that are following the Bible saying they call us hate preachers. They call us people who are hateful. They call us people who are ignorant or not wise or rude or rough or something like that. But Ecclesiastes is the one book in the Bible we can really look to as Christians, or I'm sorry, the one yeah, book in the Bible. And chapter 3 explains to us the importance of balance in our life. Throughout the whole chapter, it's giving compare and contrast, one thing and then the polar opposite. And like I said, if the Bible as a whole has two-thirds two of negative information of preaching against this sin, preaching against that sin, preaching against this nation preaching against that false prophet, that means, and that tells us that the one-third that is positive information needs to be emphasized. You know, the Bible teaches the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of the plan of salvation, salvation by faith alone in Jesus Christ. So the one-third of positive information outdoes all that negative con uh, uh, passages we see in the Bible. You know, for instance, the Bible teaches that the law is a schoolmaster to bring us to grace. So we understand that the Bible is the greatest book in the history of man. Why? Because God wrote the Bible. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. The Bible is full of everything you need to know in this world. Everything. I'm talking about, you know, it is a book on doctrine. It is a book on knowledge. It's a book on everything you could ever imagine. It's a book of the future. It's a book of the past. It's a book of the present. It's a book of science. It's a book of math. It's a romance novel. It's also a book of, of horror for those who are unsaved. But you know what? Like I said, where I derive the title of this message is found in verse 4. Take a look down at your Bible. It says, a time to weep and a time to laugh. The title of this message this afternoon is Comedy as a Christian. You know, like I said, we are known as hard preachers. We are known to take serious the things of God, and we need to understand the severity, as we heard earlier today, the sanctity of this pulpit, the messenger of God, giving us the words of God, the importance of that. But in my day-to-day -day life, and in your day-to-day -day life, and in other people's day-to-day -day life, it shouldn't be that you walk around as this rude, rough, gruff, mean, arrogant person. And the Bible says, specifically, speaking of those who want to be an evangelist, or a deacon, or a missionary, it says that we need to have a good report of them that are without. And if anyone here, or if anyone ever asked you, you know, for instance, who is David Kiefer? You know, it's going to be that they're like, oh, this is silly nice guy. I'm not this rude, arrogant person outside this pulpit. Obviously, the pulpit needs to be taken seriously, and that's why we preach hard against sin. We need to take seriously our relationships as husbands, as wives, children. Take seriously your parents when they speak. Uh, employers, take serious your boss. But you know what? We need to add some levity in our life from time to time. And the Bible's showing us right here that there is a time to weep, and there's a time to laugh. Now, 
With that being said, we learn that there's a balance in our life, and I will venture to say this, comedy in life of a Christian should not be the primary fo focus of our ministry or our preaching. Does the Bible primarily focus on comedy? No, it doesn't. But let me tell you this, there is comedy in the Bible. It's not that it doesn't have it, it's there. You just need to read it and understand what it means. And like I said, you shouldn't be known as an employee of like, man, I can't ever approach Brandon because he's just so rude and he's so mean. And it's like, you know what? Like, we need to just understand as, you know, children of God that there is time for levity. There's time for pleasure. You know, the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ made us for his pleasure. You know, it should bring us joy to know that we bring pleasure to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know for sure that God has a sense of humor. How do we know that? Well, he made you. <laughs> Understand this. On a sermon on humor and a sermon on comedy, there's going to be jokes, okay? And any pastor, preacher, evangelist should not focus their preaching because these evangelicals do that. They try to lure people in with laughter and lure people in through good times and fun. And we need to understand that there is a time for that. There is a time and a place. And I've heard it said once before, and it makes so much sense, that you can use humor and, and, and entertainment for your preaching, not the primary source. And I've also heard it said before, and it's just a, a, a practicality if you decide to be a preacher one day, is don't plan your jokes. You know, if you plan your jokes, it ends up kind of falling short. And, you know, I'll get more into that after. But like I said, on a, on a sermon on comedy as a Christian, understand that there'll be some jokes. And like I said, since I've been here at Sure Foundation and since I've been back in Hawaii, you know, I've only preached hard from the pulpit. I've only preached you truths that are absolutely necessary for us to further our strength, understanding the concept of our government uh, with adoption, you know, and, and deep truths on, you know, things that are hard to be understood. But we're not only hard preachers. We also need to counterbalance our hard preaching with loving preaching. That one third that is the good news of Jesus Christ. We need to truly show love into this world through our brothers and sisters in Christ, through what the Bible teaches. Now, we get it, David. Comedy plays a role in our lives as people. But the points that I want to go into for this message is ultimately the good comedy to be a part of and bad comedy to be a part of. Because especially with children, you know, you guys being raised in this church are truly blessed to understand how, as a Christian how and what things you can approach in life that are acceptable and unacceptable. We truly are as Christians trying to go about our life walking in the spirit as often as we possibly can. It's not possible that we are always going to walk in the spirit, but I will say this, we're going to try to, and we're going to hear jokes in the workplace, in the school, out at, wherever you are, and it's, we need to understand where, how do we as Christians respond to jokes or give jokes. So let me start off by saying this, when it comes to jokes, every major joke, humor, sense of comedy has three bases of what makes a good joke or what makes something funny and ultimately it's putting someone down putting yourself down or physically hurting someone well that doesn't sound funny but if I stuck a banana peel on the floor and you slipped on it it's funny okay it's a joke now you're obviously not trying to physically hurt someone but it's just a joke it's something to laugh at obviously there's something in us that when we see someone you know we see like on YouTube or things like that fail videos where people get severely hurt and I know personally in my life, and maybe you can say in your life, that 
you, you may have got a severity, a severe, severe like injury, and at the time it wasn't funny, but you can look back and laugh at it sometimes, you know, not all times. But making fun of someone is a form of, of humor, of comedy, or if you're not willing to do that, and like I said, you're gonna see how we can approach these things, making fun of yourself is another form of comedy. And one last thing I'm gonna end on before I go into this is, on a sermon, on, a, on the preaching of comedy, no one here is safe. I don't care if you're a man, woman, boy, girl, grandma, grandpa, husband, wife, you are going to get a joke potentially on you, just so you know. Now, like I said, what does it matter what I think, what the world thinks about humor? What does the Bible teach? Well, you know, I know that the Bible is teaching us balance. And look down at your Bible, if you would, at verse 8, it says, A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh and wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. We need to find enlightenment. We need to find like levity. We need to find times where we enjoy things. I mean, you may have heard it said before. We need to stop and smell the roses every now and again. We take serious work. We take serious our families. We take serious the work of God. But we need to, in the midst of it, find levity, have fun with your brothers and sisters in Christ, your co-workers, and things like that. Now, God has a sense of humor. As we said earlier, he made you, so we know he has a sense of humor. But we know Jesus Christ is the Son of God, right? So that means Jesus Christ also is God. He is obviously, as we understand the Trinity, he is one of the members that make up God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So that tells us that if Jesus in his ministry on earth uses sarcasm to make fun of the Pharisees and Sadducees, that tells me that he has jokes. He wants us to know that the Son of Man, as serious as he was, to come and be you know, the savior of the world that to ultimately die on Calvary for our sins can, in the midst of it all, make fun of someone in the process. Remember, it's one of the forms of comedy is making fun of someone. And I, I forgot to mention this, but this is another uh, way to understand a good comedian is on top of making fun of someone, making fun of yourself or physically hurting someone, what makes up a good comic would be ultimately like the content coming out of your mouth, what is said is funny. The second would be the delivery of the message. You know, people who are like into, I don't know, like impressions. It's not necessarily what is said is funny, but we all know like stereotypically the most famous impressions of like, you know, go to the chopper, get down. You know, it's just, we have, it's not what is said that is funny, it's the delivery. How you say it, you're silly about it. You, 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 you're mocking in a sense, you know what I mean? And then the other form would be animation. You know, you wiggle your body in funny ways and you're not saying anything funny, you're not delivering any message, you're just animatedly being funny. You know, like I said, these are the best ways of comedy and then to understand how comedy works. So Jesus Christ used the form of putting someone down in his delivery of sarcasm. What is sarcasm? Well, the dictionary tells us sarcasm is the use of irony to mock or convey contempt. So turn up your Bible if you went to Matthew 12. And you say, David, no, Jesus Christ was never funny. Jesus Christ was serious all the time in his life. 
you must have never read your Bible. Because if you look down at your Bible at Matthew 12, we're going to see an example of Jesus Christ using sarcasm to make fun of the Pharisees. Look down at it reads, At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were in hunger, and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was in hunger? And they, and they that were with him, he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place there is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, and would have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. So notice, he says twice, have you not read? What is he really saying? Do we, look, the Pharisees and the Sadducees have read their Bible. But we understand that the Bible says, having a veil on their face, seeing they see not, and hearing they do not understand. Jesus Christ is saying, didn't you read this? You know, we look in John 3 when he's talking with Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes to him and says, how must a man be born again? And he says, does he have to enter into the second time into his mother's womb? Jesus is like, aren't you a teacher of the law? Knowest thou not these things? He's making fun of him. He's belittling him. He's making him out to be an idiot. He's making the Pharisees out to be an idiot. He says, did you not read this? Don't you understand? This is a form of sarcasm that we see our God portraying. He keeps reading it. It says in verse 9, And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue, and behold, there was a man which had his hand withered, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they that they might accuse him. And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if he fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on him and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore is it lawful to do well on the Sabbath days? You know, Jesus Christ is clearly emphasizing, you know, we see in the law of God that if a person has a sheep fall into a ditch, he's like, what, you are not going to pick it up? You know, he's, he's just belittling them for not understanding even what the passage is teaching. And elsewhere we see that Jesus Christ says, The Son of Man is not for Sabbath, but Sabbath for the Son of Man. So, and we can see other examples of Jesus Christ using sarcasm through his ministry. For instance, you don't need to turn there, but it says in Matthew 7, you know, the famous judge not lest ye be judged. But what does it continue to say? For with what judgment ye judge, it should be judged unto you. For how can thou say unto thy brother, Let me remove the mote that is in thine own eye, when thou hast a beam in your eye? He's not, he's being extreme. He's just making, do you think there's someone walking around with a beam in their eyeball? This is like, you know, a, you could imagine some guy walking around with a log in his eye like, Hey, hey, you got a speck in your eye. You know, he's being overemphasizing of a joke. He's just making fun of the people who would say, You have something wrong in your life. They have a huge glaring problem. We also see examples in Matthew 5, uh, for instance, when Jesus talks about cutting off your limb. You know, he says, it's better for you to enter into life maimed than to enter into hell with having two hands. It's better if your eye offending, pluck it out. Do you think he's being serious? Do you think he's telling you if you, if you look at something wrong, you better pull your eyeball out? He's just being sarcastic. He's using a joke to get a point across. You know, elsewhere in Matthew 18, and it talks about uh, Peter asking Jesus, how many times do I forgive my brother? 
elsewhere, Jesus told him seven. He goes seven times. He says, I don't say unto you seven, but seven times seventy. So that means on the seventy-eighth time, don't forgive him. No, he's just saying you just forgive because that is an attribute of us as Christian is just to forgive all the time. So our Lord and Savior, God incarnated in the form of a man, had jokes. Okay, we need to understand our place as Christians and where jokes play a part in our life. But what about the men in the Bible? You know, we get oh, some would say, well, that's Jesus Christ. He can make fun of the river he wants. He's the Son of God. Well, he's doing this to lead us an example of how we're to live our lives. Look down at your, or, or turn if you would to First Kings. This is an example of men in the Bible who had jokes, so to say. What's the title of this message? Comedy as a Christian. What comedy plays in the roles of our life and how we can approach this subject. We get God as a sense of humor. He created you. We understand Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Use sarcasm to make fun of people, as the Pharisees and Sadducees. But we see the men in the Bible doing the same thing. Great men of God. Elijah the Tishbite, one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. Arguably one of the two witnesses that will come back to rain fire and brimstone on the people of this world. But notice what it says in uh, 1 Kings 18, verse 25. It says, And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullet for yourselves, and dress it first, for ye are many, and call on the name of your gods, put, but put no fire under. And they took the bullet, which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered, and they leaped upon... And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he, either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or preadventure he sleepeth and must be awakened. And Elijah the Tishbite is making fun of the prophets of Baal, these sons of Belial, these people who are reprobate. He's told them to make an altar. And at that time, the nation of Israel didn't understand who they were to serve. And you know, Elijah offered this challenge to these prophets of Baal. And he said, if Baal be God, then worship him and let this altar be burned. You know, and if it's not, if it's the God of the uh, Israelites, then worship him. And he, they're going to, to have this altar burn and he's making fun of Baal. He's like, where is he? Is he sleeping? Where's he at? You know, so that's ultimately a man of God, Elijah, using comedy to make fun of someone. What about Samson? Turn if you would to Judges. Samson, a mighty man of God, a very, you know, the Holy Spirit was bestowed upon him arguably the most in the Old Testament. You know, of the people in the Old uh, Testament, the Holy Spirit was bestowed most upon Samuel or Saul, arguably. But most often it says, and then the, the Holy Spirit was put on him and he did this mighty act. Samuel, or I'm sorry, Samson. And notice what it says in Judges 16, verse 6. I mean, you know the story of Sam, uh, Samson and Delilah? It says, And Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherein thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. And Samson said unto her, If that they buy me with seven green whiz, that never man dried, then shall I be weak, and be as another man. And the lords of the Philistine taught Ties brought up to her seven green whiz, which had not dropped, been dried. 
and she bound him with them. Now there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber, and she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he brake the whiz as a thread of tow is broken when it toucheth the fire, so his strength is not known. Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. So Samson just, you know, ultimately was telling her a lie, a fib, a joke. She wants to know where the power of his strength is. And he's like, oh, if you tie these whiz around my hair, I'll, I won't be strong. And then it keeps going on, and he breaks the ties, and she's like, you mocked me, you made fun of me. It's not the first time he's going to do this. Now, I don't get how he didn't catch on that she's trying to deceive him, but for some reason, he just keeps going on with it. Look, look down at verse 10, it says, And Delilah said enough, Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If they bind me fast with new ropes, that never man occupied, for were occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Delilah therefore took new ropes and bound them therewith, and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson, and there were liars in wait abiding in the chamber, and he brake them from off his arm like a thread. And Delilah said unto him, Samson, hitherto thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If thou weavest the seven locks of my head with the web, and she fastened it with the pin, and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awaked out of his sleep, and went, went away with the pin of the beam and with the web. And she said unto him, How canst thou say, I love thee, when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times, and hath told me wherewith thy great strength lieth. Samson literally is making fun of his own concubine that he's, you know, it's not his wife, you know, this, like I said, Samson's not a perfect man of God. He's actually at this point about to be judged by God because he's doing this stupid thing, but he's making fun of Delilah, but you know what the joke's on him ultimately, because he's about to reveal the secret of his strength to her and she's going to use it against him to take his power. But here's another funny joke that I think is uh, pretty good. And look at verse 16. It says, And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death that he told her all his heart. I mean, don't you know, man, that sometimes your wives can just press you sore and vex you <laughs> into death? Can I have those shoes? Can I have those shoes? Can I have those shoes? You're just like, take the shoes already. Obviously, we don't practice that. But I'm just saying, like I said, men, woman, boy, and girl coming after you. Don't, don't think that this, you know, we're getting jokes for everyone, okay? So we get it, David. God has a sense of humor. Jesus Christ had a sense of humor. Elijah, Samson, I could point out Paul in, in, in his epistles, making fun of people and so on and so forth. But let me uh, go on to say this. What are good jokes that we as Christians can be uh, involved in? And I'll start off by saying this. When it comes to making jokes or having humor or having comedy, for us as Christians, number one is knowing your crowd. I mean, they tell this to comedians all the time who are looking to be comics. Know your crowd. You know, there are so many demographics of people, men, women, boy, girl, elderly, younger. There's a generational gap, you know, so we need to know our crowd. And not only that, we need to understand that we're not to use jokes to hurt someone. It shouldn't be for us that when we make a joke, one, well, remember, what is one of the forms of a good joke? Is you make fun of someone, right? Now, just because you make fun of someone and you know your crowd, you're not trying to physically harm that person. You're not literally trying to hinder their life or stop them from 
from moving forward in their life. We should, it, it's a joke, it's a point to laugh at. And, and, and like I said, we're gonna find that, you know, jokes can even be reflected to us. But I mean, we need to understand the spirit of the joke is just to have a laugh, okay? And what is one of the fruits of the spirit? You know, joy. We, should, uh, we are to have joy as brothers and sisters in Christ. And if we make a joke, I mean, just be able to laugh, you know, and, and that's something I'm gonna get into later, but don't use a joke to hurt someone. Make a joke for levity, for just to have fun in your life. But jokes that we as Christians should be involved in or using are ultimately G-rated jokes, family-friendly jokes, jokes in which any and everyone can look at and laugh at, you know what I mean? It's not that like, you know, a, a, a good joke I use, and let me tell you this, this joke, I will get any person to laugh on the planet. It's never done me wrong. I'm talking the most burly biker, Samoan, Tongan, the sole, tough gangster, big muscle man, stoic, just non-fun person. I can get this person and most people to laugh almost every time I've ever used it. And we all know that person at work or in general that walks up to someone and they are very animated with their uh, body or with their, how they explain something. You know, there I was on the airplane, it's all, you know, I was flying, I was in this car, it's all, or I was shooting this gun, it's all, and I stop, I'm like, wait, how'd he go? You know, I was shooting, I was all, wait, wait, one more time, how did it sound? And every time, I can get, I guess you guys are hard crowd, it's pretty loud. But they, when you make someone repeat themselves like that with the silly sound, I'm talking because like I've done construction my whole life and like you know people in Nanny construction are very just like tough guys like just, you know nothing's funny everything's serious and they'll explain a joke like that like oh I was hammering this thing I was all whoop bam whoop bam I was like wait how'd it go you know I was all like whoop bam so every time I've been able to work I guess not this time. But. Uh, that's like what I'm talking about G-rated something silly something pure you know the Bible teaches you know that the words of God are pure you know great peace have they which love thy law nothing will offend thee you know we're trying to just ultimately as people not put someone down knowing our crowd we're just trying to make a silly joke you know what I mean but like family friendly jokes you know like like I was saying and knowing your crowd you got to understand that like you know, I may make a joke amongst uh, men that I may not make a joke with women. Or I may make a joke with my family that I may, may not make a joke outside, you know what I mean? But it shouldn't, if I do make a joke with my family, a joke should not be not applicable to the rest of the world. It shouldn't be that like, I make bad jokes with these people but not these people. For us as Christians, we shouldn't have bad jokes in our life. And we, you know, need to understand how just G-rated, pure jokes, pure fun are really how we can enjoy humor and comedy as Christians. Okay, we get it, David. Those are good jokes. But what about bad jokes? Well, understand this. The Bible teaches in Ephesians 4.29, it says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So like I said, we should have no corrupt communication coming out of our mouth. Bad jokes, and most times, I don't need to explain this to you, what a bad joke is. You know, would you say it to someone else's grandma? You know, I, 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 I hesitate to say that because I, I was going to use the analogy, would you say it to your own grandma? But some people have pretty bad vocabularies with their own grandparents. But would you say it to someone else's grandparents? 
If you're not gonna make the joke to someone else's loved one, maybe you shouldn't be making it. And like, when it comes to bad humor, you know, one type of humor that we should have nothing to do with that the world loves is like bedroom jokes. Jokes about relations between husband and wives, you know, we should disdain ourselves from those types of jokes. Those are not funny to the sense of, you know, we shouldn't take light of that, we shouldn't laugh at that. It's not something for, you know, I think it's weird when some people go around talking about their love life and things like that. It's like, I don't need to hear this. I don't want to hear that. You should keep that between yourself. And some people just don't have a filter and they just want to tell you everything. But we don't need to be doing that, you know. That's a private thing that we, and you know, our families need to keep within our family, so to say. And another type of bad joke, like I was saying, knowing your crowd, I guess for singles is like bodily jokes, jokes on gas, things like that. <laughs> if you're a man trying to get with a woman, if you're a woman trying to get with a man, maybe don't just belch around and rip some farts every now and again. Maybe kind of, you know, I'm just saying if you're single, not the best approach to finding a spouse because. It just doesn't work. And you know, just FYI, that's another bad kind of joke. But what about jokes like, okay, here's another one that I think is weird. Jokes on sodomy. And you know it and I know it. Jokes that the world likes to make about sodomizing people and things like that. And that's horrible. You know, we shouldn't be laughing at that. The Bible has very strong opinion against sodomy. And, and it says, it's a shame to even speak of them to do those things in secret. Don't even speak on those matters of what they do in secret, you know? And, and not only that, you know and I know that even outside of sodomized jokes, jokes where people will mimic the opposite gender. You know, don't be, as a man, trying to sound like a lady in your joke, trying to explain, well, this is what the lady said. And you know and I know, if you go online and listen to comics, they're trying to play the role of a woman as a man, or a man as a woman. It's like, that's not funny. Like, that's sickening. And as a matter of fact, it's kind of disgusting when a man tries to parrot how a woman sounds or make their voice high pitched and sound feminine. It's just like, what in the world? Like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want the children to hear that. Like, it's just not, that's a bad joke. You know what I mean? So we don't need to be engaged in that. And there are Christian comedians, people who claim to be Christian, who act like a woman in their comic skits. And it's like, not funny. You lost me there. But what else? You know, there are, okay, here's a big one. Christian jokes. Jokes making fun of Christianity. Obviously, we don't have a, we wouldn't have a problem with that, but obviously apostate Christians or Christians who are ashamed of the cause of Christ, who are trying to live in the world and claim to be a, a child of God, they may laugh at the, we don't need to be laughing at those jokes. I know in my personal life, coworkers having jokes, making fun of Jesus Christ, making fun of the Bible, and it's just, you know, they're all sitting there laughing, and I think to myself, what does the Bible say? You know, the Bible teaches, for instance, in Luke, Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. You know, those who are making fun of Christ and the death, burial, and resurrection, and oh, you believe in some sheep herder, and oh, you believe in some make-believe resurrection, and they make jokes about it. Hey, now you'll laugh, but one day you're going to weep and mourn. You know, I'm not going to, we need to take that to a line where if you hear a coworker, don't participate in that joke. And as a matter of fact, call it out. She's like, hey, whoa, watch it there, buddy. You know, maybe you do that privately with your friend. But, you know, I'm a Christian. You got something to say? You know what I mean? And it kind of changes things. But 
Another type of jokes that we should not be involved in is racist jokes, okay? And I'll venture to say this, you know, there's nothing funny about making fun of someone's race. Now remember, the primary aspect of a joke is to make fun of someone, fun of yourself, or hurt someone physically. That's just the basis of any good joke. But to make fun of someone because of something they can't control, like what ethnic group they're from, is just ridiculous. And I will venture to say this, and this is gonna lead me into my last point. There is a difference between racist jokes and stereotype jokes, okay? Let me explain this, this is hard for some to understand, but we, and I've heard it said that we Hawaiians are racist. I disagree with that, but we do have stereotype jokes that we use all the time. Obviously, I know what they meant when they said that, but like, you know, let me give you an example. This is wrong to say absolutely. You can't jump because you're white. <laughs> it's racist, it's wrong. You guys aren't supposed to laugh, what are you doing? But it isn't funny, it is funny to say, I knew a guy who couldn't jump who was white. You get the difference, you see the difference. One is trying to say because you are white you can't jump. One says you can't jump and it happens to be that you're white. <laughs> Stereotypes are ultimately pointing out statistics there are statisticians who point out stereotypes amongst people groups, demographics, elderly, youngerly, men, women, this race, that race. You know, it's not that they are saying because you are white you can't jump. They're saying because someone can't jump, it might be that they're white. Statistically, it's probably proven, I can't point to you to any stat, of white people not being able to jump good or well. Here's another one. You can't drive because you're Asian. Don't laugh. Yeah, you're going to laugh. <laughs> but what if you said, I know a person who can't drive and they're Asian. See, that's a difference between a stereotype and a racist comment. We don't need to be participating in ra And look, I'm going to go down the list, okay? You're fast because you're black. You're fat. I knew a fast guy who was black. You know, I knew, I don't have a good one for Mexican Oh, I do have a good one for Mexican people. But, well, like, I, my friend told me this. Why will you never see three people running across the border? Because there's no trespassing. Oh. <laughs> there's no trespassing. Oh. <laughs> you have to explain it twice. <laughs> I got it right away. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm trying to get. Notice this levity, this joy, this, this... There is a healthy place to exist in this. And like I said, you know, the preaching of the cross is essential to salvation. The preaching of the Bible is essential for the bettering of people's lives. But one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. We need to have joy in our lives. And if I'm in a rip face on this sin and on that sin, I'm on that false prophet and that false religion, uh, religion, from time to time, we need sermons on love. We need sermons on levity. We need sermons on purity, righteousness, and things like that. I'm not just a hard preacher. Ryan is not just a hard preacher. And if you guys know Pastor Thompson, like I know him, he's one of the jolliest people I know. He's very fun to hang around. And, you know, if you never knew Pastor Thompson and you only saw his preaching, you'd say, this is a rude, arrogant person. But then when you meet him outside the pulpit, he's a very fun, loving, nice person. And he's got good jokes. When I hear a joke about tall people that I heard from him, he had an interview with Pastor Anderson and uh, uh, Framing the World's little uh, video they do called Behind the Pulpit, where they question pastors in our movement. 
And our pastor, Pastor Thompson, what, 6'8", 300 and something pounds? He's a, he's a big cat, you know what I mean? And he, he, uh, Pastor Anderson asked him a question, you know, he's like, oh, how big are you? And he told him his size, and he's all like, so, do you get made fun of a lot for being tall? And he's like, yeah, but, you know, obviously, as time goes on, I've learned to be able to combat the people who make fun of me. He's like, what are you saying? He's like, you know, most people come up to me and they go, well, how's the weather up there? Because you're tall. And I go, I don't know. How's the weather down there? You know, and, and then like, oh, are you good at basketball? Because you're really tall. He's like, well, are you good at mini golf? Because you're short. <laughs> you know, like, he, he, he understood that like, there's this realm in which we can exist. Look, is he making fun of short people? No, he's just being, he's just trying to be silly. We're just trying to have fun. But that's what I mean. Like I said, the title of this message is Comedy as a Christian. The Bible shows us comedy. God himself has a sense of humor. Men of the Bible have a sense of humor. We're going to go around in our day-to-day lives. Look, like I said, if you know me personally, I tend to crack jokes a lot. And, you know, we need to take serious the work of God. We need to take serious our work at, like, our secular jobs we do. And we need to take serious, you know, our families and things like that. But... We can have some fun in the, in the midst, too. We can have, I mean, you know, co-workers, you like to stop and make jokes from time to time, and with our family, and it's not like we just walk around in the house like, did you cook? Got it. Next thing, you know, like, make a joke from time to time, you know? And honestly, I know in soul winning, you may need to learn to read people, but I noticed this helps me, that like, you know, when you hit the door with someone, and they're very caustic right off the bat, they're like, what do you want? They see you with a Bible in your hand, and you're dressed nice, and they're like, you're just like, what do you want? You know, I know how to, what I call, drop the shoulders. Get people to relax a little bit. You know, and, and, and like I said, in time you're going to have to learn to be able to drop people's shoulders or make them relax a little bit before you go into the gospel presentation or something like that. And it'll help you in your life to have a sense of humor. And that's the last point I want us to get into. Be willing to laugh at yourself, okay? You know and I know that kid in school or that guy or that girl who just is just trying to be cool in every angle they're just never in a bad light they're just always trying to put their best foot forward and they're just immutable to jokes and they're willing to make fun of other people but when the the script is flipped they're not willing to laugh at themselves well that's not funny i don't know what you're talking about in our generation we know these people as snowflakes and that's a new term that people who are very hypersensitive to how uh, something that's against them, they get very like offended. You know what I mean? And if you learn to laugh at yourself, life's gonna be a lot better. Let me tell you that. You know, back to one of the forms of comedy, making fun of someone, making fun of yourself, and physically hurting someone. The best forms of comedy. And I know personally that if you learn to make fun of yourself, you'll be able to get people to laugh. Because, like I started the, the examples between racist jokes and stereotypical jokes, that I go straight for an African American, did I go straight for an Asian? I went straight for a Caucasian because that fits in my row. And everyone laughed because here you, oh, you can't make fun of white people? Wait a second. Why not? It's just, you know, like, and, and I will say this, like I said, to be willing to laugh at yourself. If I make a joke about obese people, if I make a joke about skinny people, if I make a joke about tall people, short people, you know, Asian people, Mexican people, white people, whatever the case may be, you fall in some of these categories yourself. So, you know, like I said, we know these people who just aren't willing to be, they just always want to be in the limelight and be seen as cool. They're just walking around life like, yeah, I'm, 
I'm a cool guy and blah, blah, blah. And you're making fun of something that lines up with them. And they're just like, oh, that's not funny. It's like, then that person ultimately is not going to have a lot of friends in their life in just general because they're not willing to laugh at themselves from time to time. And, you know, don't wear your feelings on your sleeves. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could probably point out a lot of jokes about myself that may attribute to someone else in this church. And Caucasians are not just one of them, I'll tell you that much. I'm a little shorter, you know, I'm pretty skinny, and I, I can go off on jokes, but like I said, this sermon is not to give you jokes, it's just to get you to help to understand comedy as a Christian. What do we, where does it play in our lives? How can we know that we're right with God when we hear a joke or we want to deliver a joke or something like that? And, you know, uh, uh, let's, let's bring it home to Hawaii. We all know, if you grew up here in Hawaii, the stereotypical joke between the Filipino, the Portuguese, and the Hawaiian man, right? This is what some would arguably say is a racist joke. And in the mainland, I think they do the same thing. They say a white guy, a Mexican guy, and a black guy, and then they make a story analogy, right? But the funny thing about that joke, which makes it not racist, is you can interchange any people group you want and apply the joke to anyone. That's what I'm trying to get at, is because, you know, like I said, growing up here, you all know the Filipino, Hawaiian, Portuguese joke, but some people pin it on the Portuguese as always the guy who is the dumb one in the story. Some people will pin it on the Filipino and it's always him, but never rarely do you hear it about the Hawaiian. Never is it like, oh, the Hawaiian guy was the, you know, so it's just that some, that's why, like for instance, here's one. You have the Filipino, Portuguese, and now you got a haole, a Filipino, and a Hawaiian guy. And they're on an island. And then they find a genie lamb, they get, they get the lamb, they all get one wish, and the genie goes to the haole guy, says, what do you want? He says, I wish I was in America, eating cheeseburgers with my family. Poof, haole guy, gone in America, eating cheeseburgers with his family. Then he goes to the Filipino guy, he says, Filipino man, what do you want? He says, I wish I was in the Philippines, eating balot, fighting chickens with my family. Boom, back in the Philippines, eating below with his family, fighting chickens. Because the Hawaiian guy goes, Hawaiian man, what do you want? And I'm kind of lonely, I wish my friends were back. Poof, how they got Filipino guy, right back to the island. Now obviously, I could interchange that with any person. I could make fun of the white guy, I could make fun of whoever, the tall, I could say a tall guy, short guy, you guys don't get it. You have to be grown up here to know that. No, I, I get it. Oh, okay. I just heard the joke for a little bit different. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you can interchange it. And that's what I'm trying to... We're just we're not trying to hurt Filipino people. We're not trying to hurt Hollywood people. We're not trying to hurt little people. You know, people who are big, people who are skinny, people who are old. Old people jokes. Don't think you're immune from jokes because you're old. You know, I know we should reverence our elders and we should be nice to our grandparents but understand this you know there are jokes for boy girl and everyone and everything in between but we need to understand that comedy is important in our lives there is a right place to exist in comedy that is right with god and god can look at us and understand that we are not in sin to have laughed at this joke or to have given this joke to someone else and let's in our lives understand comedy as christians our heads and have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing me to preach your word. Thank you so much for everyone being uh, gathered together to hear 
the truth on uh, what it is you want us to know and help us to continue our week to just be pleasing to you and to find some levity in our lives and to find times to laugh from time to time even if it's not ourselves. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.